Welcome to Excellent Adventures, where I, your host, Reese Sweeney, take a step away from my duties as a radio and TV personality and give you a first-hand look at my other love, backyard chickens and homesteading. Take a listen to conversations I have with others who are in farming, homesteading, and connected brands. And some of those conversations go a little like this. She does say I have too much, though. So. She says I have too many, but I don't think I have enough. The chicken math started mathing. Yep, yep, it's never ending. I only started with like four laying hens. Now I have over 100 chickens and geese and quail. So the first question we ask everybody that comes on to the Excellent Adventures, what was your old cluck moment? The first thing that comes to mind is when the first time I got locked inside one of my own chicken coops. We talk about the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Now let's see who's on this episode of Excellent Adventures. Welcome to another Excellent Adventures. I'm your host, Reese. We have another special guest coming all the way live from Texas, Wolf Lake Farms owner, Damon. He has a beautiful ranch. I've been catching everything on Instagram. He's got everything from donkeys to bees and chickens and everything in between. Without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome to mine to Excellent Adventures. What's going on, my guy? What's up with you, man? It's good to be on your show. <laughs> it's good to have you here. Always a pleasure to talk to somebody in the chicken or, or farming or homesteading game in general. Let's go ahead and ask you the first question we ask everybody. What was that moment that you knew you were in a farm life? We call it that old clug moment. Yeah. Well, yeah, for me, it was uh, 2019. That's when me and my wife, we decided we'd been reading this book uh, for about 20 years about the benefits of country living. The name of the book was called Country Living, Ellen G. White. And mm -hmm. we read that book and wanted to, to, to you know, experience the, 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 that simpler life. And so we, we had been looking for land. We bought our first property in um, Meridianville, Alabama. Um, that was, you know, many years ago. It was a half an acre in the middle of a cotton field. And uh, and we, we started trying our hands at gardening. But fast forward 20, 20 years later, we ended up buying this 30-acre ranch out in Palo Pinto, Texas. That. Yeah, we uh, we said, hey, man, we're all in. It was the day I signed on the dotted line. I was... That was that's when I knew. Oh, look, I'm in it. <laughs> that is 30 acres. You all the way in it. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Then I then then for the chickens because I know I know you're a chicken man. I, and, and man, your herd and and your flocks are, have been expanding. I see ducks and everything. But um, for me, when I got chickens the first time I got them, uh, it was a little better than a year ago. I, ra I, I raised them in my my garage in the city. And then I, uh, I, when they were old enough to go out to the country, I took them out there and I had a setup that had regular chicken wire. And uh, that regular chicken wire was, uh, I learned later on, was good for keeping chickens in, bad for keeping predators out. And so I was a year in, I thought everything was good. And that's when uh, the predators found me. It was raccoons, possums, and even a skunk got in there, man. And, and they and they, they wiped me out all the way down to, to two chickens, one rooster, one hen. And uh, and man, at that point, I was like really thinking like, maybe, you know what, I originally started this farm thing. I was gonna do the bees, I was gonna do the cows, and I was gonna grow some crops. And, uh, I said the chickens was, was a recommendation from somebody else. I said, man, let me let me go ahead and um, 
and, and, and just, just rehome these chickens, chickens and be done. done. But my wife my was wife like, was like uh, why don't you know that? Good. Thirty acres on a chicken. <laughs> yeah, pun intended. <laughs> it's always good to have a backup, that backup person there that's gonna make sure that you stay motivated. Cause we're gonna hit those walls, especially doing this type of stuff. You're gonna lose an animal, uh, lose a crop, stuff like that. How important is it to have your family have your back and your wife being there like that? Oh man, it, it's 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 so important. And you know what? Even beyond that, you, uh, we 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 built a community of people who uh, one guy uh, Maurice Terrio Terrio Farms he he's real big into uh, getting people to grow first experience with actually growing in the ground was right there on my ranch so he came by he's been by my side for three seasons now and uh, you know having that community but more importantly man the family because. When I go on your page, you have these different people come along. Like you built a community. You have a community of people, like you just said. One brother comes, and I saw him helping with your donkey because you had a, a donkey that was rehomed to rescue, and um, he was helping you with the harnessing and stuff like that. Uh, I know that that's very significant to be able to have that support group and system. Absolutely, because uh, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm I'm a generation removed from farming. And even the last generation, you know, they, they, you know, my father grew up in Arkansas and, uh, and basically his grandparents were the real farmers, but he helped out. And his, his parents, his parents, they had moved to the city. Then he eventually moved away from it. He knows it. You did have family in it, but it was far removed. So same here. My granddad was, he had a, a garden in the community garden that people used to come to. And I was in North Carolina. I'm in Georgia, but I grew up in Jersey. So I helped out when I was little, you know, but I, I was far removed from it too. So I'm on YouTube University myself or, or TikTok or Instagram. Then you got to compare all this information. How, how were you able to decipher some of the information? Because you get a lot of misinformation when you're online too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, some, so let's say, for example, like with the crops, right? Some of that is zoning, like what zone you're in. But even us, we're in a zone um, that we're on a, an extreme dry portion of that zone. And so somebody mm -hmm. can grow um, things that I grow. If I tried to do the same thing that they did, I would fail. And so some of it has been experimentation, right? So you, you, you get a lot of information. And I'm, I'm okay with, with trying things and not allowing them to be the only thing in my own voice. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll that's what we keep. What doesn't work, throw it out. What were the deciding factors on what you wanted to have on the farm? Yeah, you know, I would, originally the thought process was being able to um, grow things or have things that's going to be beneficial to what I was trying to accomplish. What I was trying to accomplish was I wanted to be able to grow some of my own food. Now, here's a crazy thing. Somebody, I'm vegetarian, right? But I have cows. the world need have cows. Right? You know? So I, I use their, I use their dung. Um, and my mulch piles and so forth that I've been using to my garden. So that's why I did that. The honey, it was, it was, to me, I was in, I love, I want, I want to go, let's just say, for example, if you were in a scenario where you, you had to be um, self-sufficient. Yeah, I mean, I mean, y'all got too sweet, right? 
<laughs> right. You've grown so far. So I said, man, I want, I want to, you know, I, I can't grow maple trees out here where I can tap in and get maple syrup. I need to learn how to, how to, how to I guess I could grow some sugar cane. Um, but, but I said, let me, let me get it, get a beat. And then also the beat helps help me with the garden. So I was so trying, I was to, trying think to think about animals, animals and things that would help sustain, sustain um, what I was ultimately growing from my family. That makes so much sense because I can get some bees and get some honey, but I can't grow Oreos. So I would have went to bee route too in that case. <laughs> yes, sir. How long have you been vegetarian? It's a little off subject from it, but it still goes back inside to it. And, and what are the health benefits with that for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so... Uh, I've been, I'll say this, so, so I'm, I'm originally from Chicago, and uh, I had an uncle, you know, Nation of Islam, you know what I mean, and, uh, and he, he, was, he was always kind of on to me about eating pork and stuff like that. So I think that very first influence for that was, you know, cutting back on what was deemed unclean food. Same here. I cut off, cut out pork, and then, um, and then just continued down that journey. You know, read some books and so forth. Then I was 100% vegan at one point. But then, uh, you know, did that whole period of time, almost 15 years. And then I started, you see how many days, you know. Yeah. I do a little bit of cheese, try not to do too much of it. But, uh, man, I, my family has problems, you know, health health history of diabetes, congestive heart failure, um, yeah, those, those types of things. And so I, I, I just with high blood pressure. I wanted to make sure that I, I, I took, took, good, took good care of this hemp for my guy. And so uh, I've been doing this, man, about 20, 20 years now. Yeah, and I was introduced to, to eating clean the same way, so I definitely understand it. I just want to kind of get get a, a quick little in, inside look of your life real quick, my brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, no. So that, yeah, that's that's the journey. And so I, uh, even though you know those cows and all, they, you know, they they eat a lot of food, man. And so you gotta you gotta try to make some money off of it too. I sell the calves off to to either people individually or I'll, I'll sell them at the sale barn. Right now, beef prices are way up, so uh, some of the feed costs. It's real. It's it's, it's really interesting to see. First of all. They got access to about 20 acres, 20 of the, maybe more like 23 or 24 acres. And I don't have to cut that because they take care of that. I saw an experiment they did in Yellowstone Park where they reintroduced wolves back into it. And because they reintroduced the wolves, it totally changed the landscape of, of agriculture there and made everything a thousand percent better. So you saying by adding those cattle back onto the ranch, they're eating the grass, they're making that fertilizer, now everything is growing, now you've got more viable land. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I first came on it, it was, it was just overgrown, I mean, almost up to chest high with, with uh, different native grasses and weeds. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, man, if you look on one side of the fence that I have to maintain, and on yeah. the other side of the fence, it's like, it's like looking at your neighbor where everything is manicured and groomed. Oh, man. <laughs> I definitely get that. So, with the fence, so the whole 30 acres you have is fenced in? So, what I did was, you know, some of the projects that we did, when we bought the land, it was raw land. Uh-huh. I literally had to hike from the the road at the frontage of my property through some woods to get to an opening 
Um, I had to hike. That's how I was able to access my land. So the very first thing I did was I actually uh, cut a road in there. And it was just mm. the third road initiative. And, uh, and then the projects just started to come up. So upon, I, uh, I, I wanted to be able to, it was hard for me to kind of visualize that 30 acres. So I had uh, corners um, pretty so they, you know, they're a little fancy. They were wood and metal combinations. And I did the corner so that I could look out and say, okay, that's where the land begins. That's where it is. And so, uh, and then when I started to, you know, add buildings and then eventually wanted to bring the cattle and, and I brought a donkey. I'll tell you the story why I brought the on board. Um, I basically had, had to do the fences. Keep the, keep the cattle um, contained. So right. fence corners that I had, all I had to do was just run, run a line. And when you get neighbors in the country, what you, what you do, this was land that people were buying and starting their their, their uh, micro farms on. So neighbors on either side, we went half and half on those, but I had to do the front and back all by myself. It's got to feel good to be able to grow that community with your neighbors and people next door when you out there in the woods. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good neighbors, man. I mean, that, when, you, when you're out in the sticks, man, it is so, it, it's, it's not like the city where, you know, everybody yeah. just go in and close the doors and there's nothing. I mean, somebody might say, hey, you know what I mean? I, you know, I, there, there's some dogs, there's a pack of dogs that's loose. Um, can, you know, do, do you see anything on your cameras? Do you, you know, I've had all kinds of things that come up where we had to look out for each other. Hang on. Like some, sometimes calves, what they'll do is they will um, hang the, hug the corners of, of, or, the, or the edges of your power so they'll get over onto the neighbor's land. And so, you know, the neighbors, hey, I see what your cast is over here. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm going to try to let them back in. All of that type of stuff, man, just, it just comes in handy. It's good to have good neighbors or you have missing calves. Man, yeah, missing calves because, you know, technically what they say is if a calf is dropped on your property, is yours. <laughs> right. I can imagine. I mean, if somebody dropped off a brand new pair of drawings on my porch, I would yeah. think they mind. I get it. I understand. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We've reached that part of the show where we hook you up with some insider information. And this week, it's all about eating, pet, and pasture. And I got a 20% discount code for you. As farmers, we know the love and care it takes to raise happy and healthy animals. So choose the best when it comes to bedding, premium cut Timothy hay, and trees for your furry and feathery friends. So if you're looking for super absorbent hemp bedding or nesting pads for your laying ladies look no further than Eaton pet and pasture check them out right now at eatonpetandpasture.com and first time shoppers get a 20 percent discount by typing in reese at checkout that's r-e-e-c at checkout now let's get back to another excellent adventure these are ranch problems <laughs> it's good tell us about the fencing to lay that much fencing it, it's got to be something that's suitable yet economic i know some people may be listening right now like man i need to fence off this property what what would be a good solution, man? I if if you're starting with I mean meaning you don't have any kind of fencing established at all, I know it can be expensive, but if you're planning on having animals, man, you know fence that thing in. Um, that's the money up front because what you'll end up doing is like like that fencing might last you 20 years or you can pay what might be a, a, a third of the price and it might only last you a couple of years right mm -hmm. depending on the type of animals you have but, but like say for example for cows Bob wire is maybe four, five strands of Bob wire is, is perfectly fine suitable but goats 
No, sir. It's not going to do it. I'm learning that the hard way. <laughs> what they say? They said water can get through it, the goats will, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> I saw, man, I saw that one goat. What's the goat's name that could jump? Oh, Billy inside? jumped off the boy. He did a Jackie Chan move over two gates and got out. I said, that is one of my goats right there. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing, man. That you you had to basically overhead. You got to worry about overhead. Yep. And that's pretty. That was a pretty tall uh, gate that I saw that he jumped, man. That's, it really was. Eight. It had to be at least like eight feet, man. Wow. I think ghosts and German shepherds are dead. The two hardest things to keep contained. Wow. Wow. You know, a, a problem that we have out there by us, Texas in general, mm-hmm. is the wild hogs. Mm, yeah. So, uh, wild hogs. Farmers, you know, hate them because they basically, they come, they're looking for grubs and so forth, and they will root up your soil. So if you have coastal grasses that you're growing for um, for hay or something like that, they will uh-huh. tear up a field. Wow. I mean, when, they, when I say tear up, they tear up. And here's the crazy part. They call those, you know, so the wild pigs, they'll call it a, a group of them, they call it a sound. So... You'll see a sounder of, or heard of maybe 25, 30 of them, right? And every time, every six months, those females are reaching full maturity, sexual maturity. So then they are going to reproduce. And uh, they have litters of about 12, 13, 14. But when you think about it, it's like 300, 400 pound rats. That sounds like New York. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from Jersey. I can say that. It sounds like New York. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That could be a huge issue and a huge problem. Right. Because those things are mean, too. They'll tear you up. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I I remember the one night I was out at the farm and, uh, you know, it was kind of early on after we had finished the house out there and one of the dogs was was you know stirring. I said, "Oh man, well she she, she probably need to go to the bathroom." So I let her out. Yeah, let her out one of the sliding glass doors, and she immediately perked up, and then she tore off into the field. And uh, by that time, I'm kind of clearing my eyes, and I'm looking, and then I start hearing the sound, the, the grunts and stuff like that. Yeah. That's what I saw about 25, 30 of them coming across my field before like a single file line following the little path. And she was running toward him. I said, now, if, you, if she get out there, I, I, I screamed for her to come back, man. She, uh-huh. I'm glad she listened. But if she'd have got out there, boy, they'd have got real good. Yeah, yeah, they got tusk and everything, man. I'm saying it's like, like little, yeah, they like can get mine, pretty dangerous. Man. That's right. <laughs> yeah, what kind, of, what kind of dogs do you have? Uh, we have man, we got a. I don't have big, big, big uh, guard dogs like you have, man. I we have uh, those uh, foofy dogs. We got uh, <laughs> Labradoodles. Oh, you you got house pets. <laughs> I love it, man. What? The small one, man. Her name is Dakota. She thinks she thinks she's a a, a uh, no a cattle dog. Yeah, she like the herd, and she she she's pretty fast, so they they really can't do anything to her. But uh, it's real interesting. One time, uh, I was talking about the donkey. Uh, Diego the donkey was the first donkey I got, uh-huh. and the reason why I got him was, you know, all of my research said, hey, you know, you can get a cattle dog, you know, like you know some of the, some of the large dog breeds to kind of watch over your herd, uh-huh. or 
you can get, you know, donkeys can be um, guardians. And, I, yeah. and so I got the I got the donkey. And so Diego is his name. Uh, he was a rescue. And uh, and when we brought him out there, I brought the dogs out just to hurt <laughs> And uh, there's little Dakota. She, 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 she's running up on the herd, and she's literally got them kind of like creating a, a little, a, a little wall and so forth. And they kind of like bunching together, like all like what you want, what you want a guard dog. I mean, your herd dog to do. So we kind of driving there. And, uh, Diego, man, I, I heard him. He let off a sound, and he took off and uh, and started chasing after the dog. And what they'll do, man, is they will literally, they'll do it to, to um, mountain lions. They'll do it to, which we, amazingly, we don't have a lot of them, but we do have them. Um, they'll do it to coyotes. Um, um, even um, your neighbor's dogs that, that that's coming after your, your herd, they, they're very territorial. So anything that comes in, wolves are naturally one of their enemies, right? Yeah, because they look like coyotes and wolves or anything else. Exactly, and man, they will they will bite, kneel on, throw. Mm. They, they're pretty aggressive, man. So uh, Dakota, she shit. That was another time she her, her life was spared. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man, you got to watch it. But he he knows her now. But he, mm. he always those ears are always perked up. Donkeys tell you everything about what they're thinking based mm. on the ears. The ears, I got always you. Perked up when she's out. <laughs> I got you. That makes plenty of sense. Now, we got the backstory on the document. We've been watching those videos where you got to pay your toll tax when you come through your property. Uh, now I see a whole family of donkeys. They all begin with a D. I'm just going to assume that's 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 what you do because your name is Demond. <laughs> but uh, tell me about the, the donkey family you got now. You got I think I saw Dora, Diego, and Daisy. Am I getting that's it right? That's, you got it, man. And uh, basically uh, what happened was Diego was on the ranch for a full year um, before I decided to get another donkey. And uh, uh, the guy that, the, the black cowboy that you talk about, um, uh, 4-H uh, uh, Livestock Services, uh-huh. he, he, Jordan Francis is the guy. And okay. He, he texted me while I was on vacation. He said, hey, I, I know you talked about possibly adding another donkey. I found uh, somebody who's looking to rehome a donkey. Are you interested? And he, she, he, he sent the picture, and I just really toyed with the idea. My wife was like, "You should get it." And so was <laughs> That's it. Times, I, was like, I was like, "Really? Another mouth to feed?" She's like, "Yeah, donkey." I said, "Why do you think we need to get it?" She said, "Yeah, the donkey needs a donkey." You know what I mean? <laughs> like you got a wife, he needs a wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So, but it, but it is some truth to that because donkeys. They, they're herd animal as well. Mm. They, they don't sleep a whole lot. And they take like these 30 minute, like deep naps uh-huh. in the day usually. And they won't do it well unless there's another donkey that is watching out for them. So, Makes sense. so yeah, yeah. So they, the other donkey will usually stand over them and just kind of keep keep watch. And so it does, it is healthy. And when Dora came to me, that's, that's the donkey. I had the name of Dora since Diego. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Why not? <laughs> Why not? That's right. That's right. And so uh, when when she came, I, I told Jordan uh, Franz, I said, hey, I poked her in the side. I said, this is like, man, she might be pregnant. He, he, he poked her in the side. He said, I sure hope not. <laughs> and I, I tell you, it wasn't literally, because donkeys, their gestation period is, is like 11, 12, I think 12 months. And um, 
she must have been pretty far along. But I didn't think really, I wasn't certain of myself because Diego's a pretty round donkey. And so I yeah. hadn't seen a slender donkey before. And so, uh, but sure enough, she was pregnant. And one day she went missing. And I was like concerned because it was a pretty hard uh, winter storm coming through. Uh-huh. She was in the woods, man. And she, had, she was, you know, protecting her baby from us. And then she came out and eventually showed the, showed the baby to us, man. I wow. the cuter baby animal, man, than the baby dunk. It's so cute. I saw the little fuzz bucket when I when I, all your stories. Because I was watching, I'm looking at the timeline. I saw you had Diego, then I saw Dora. And then like three months later, I'm like, I know they have a baby that fast. <laughs> that math don't add up. Yeah, it wasn't math. Diego's a gilding. You know what I mean? So he he can't he can't produce, but he uh but yeah, he, you can't tell him that uh that Daisy isn't his baby, man. He sure is protectable. That's there what I'm go. talking there about. Go. There you go. Right. Step daddy, step daddy right. style. That's right. <laughs> We've reached that part of the show where we hook you up with some insider information. And this time it's some egg side information. Y'all know what I mean. <laughs> Cause people ask me all the time, how do you get your chickens so fluffy and healthy and happy? And their eggs are so bright, beautiful, and they taste delicious too. I would love to dedicate all those things to me coming in and having a great time in that chicken coop every day and shaking it up with those ladies but the fact is it comes from a healthy and balanced diet of Purina's Laina. That's the brand we use. Whether you've got laying hens and you want to go with the Purina Laina plus Omega 3 or you've got a bunch of baby chicks running around in your brooder and you go with that Purina start and grow crumble, you can't lose. I know we haven't. So visit their website today and in three easy steps you can get discount coupons for the Purina product that's right for some great nutrition for your animals. I did it myself and it only took me about two minutes it's absolutely worth it and to make things easier we have the hyperlink on our website blackyardchickens.com just look under product of the month and you'll see the link right there to go and try your purina feed greatness and through their trial program they can pair you with the right nutrition and let you try it with your animals and see the results now i can tell you all day how purina feed greatness has been absolutely phenomenal for my chickens goats ducks and rabbits but you can see for yourself go to blackyardchickens with the z.com now let's get back to this week's adventure. I like it, man. I, I've, like I said, I've really been enjoying watching the stories and watching everything going on. Uh, so I kind of see now the trajectory of what you got going. You're building uh, something that your family can eat off of, work off of, and then you have these certain things like you sell the cattle to kind of replenish what you what you got going. Anything with the bees or the plants or anything? You are you doing the same with those? Yeah. So, so some, one of the things that we do is, uh, honey production is, is not as easy as people think, especially if you're dealing in, in, in tougher climates. So Mm -hmm. for example, I have, you know, we, we get a dearth man between, uh, middle of June, the end of June, all the way through, um, like September sometimes. And and basically, it just gets so dry here sometimes that that there's really not a lot that's blooming. Um, yeah. So we only get one harvest, and the first year that you get bees, you're supposed to not really harvesting enough to you know that you can sell anything. But um, I did taste mine, and it, and it tastes quite different than what's in the store. What was it? Talk talk to me about that difference. I got to cut you off right there. What's the biggest difference? Because I know the difference I, I got with my eggs. Yeah, yeah, you know, same thing with the eggs, but but the, with honey, you know how on the packaging when you go in a store, don't say raw, unfiltered, you know what I mean? You yeah. know, uh, unpasteurized. They'll use all of these different things, and 
that honey in the store that I was getting in the store tastes almost like molasses when I tasted my honey. Now, before I tasted my honey, that was the taste of honey to me. But when I tasted the difference, it's a complete different taste. And you know, depending on what region you're in, honey will have different colors as well as different flavors. Because of the flowers, right? Because of the flowers that are blooming. So you can mm-hmm. taste that floral taste in it. And, uh, and you know, local honey is great for people who have allergies because it's exposing to you those uh, those uh, pollens and so forth that you might be allergic to. Yep, yep. yep. Man, that's great. I, I can't stand bees, but I love honey. So I, I commend you, sir. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have to get them. Get to, just make sure you find somebody who do and uh, swap some eggs for some honey. <laughs> <laughs> Makes plenty of sense to me. Plenty of sense. Yeah. Tell me about social media. You post so many great things, a lot of educational stuff, a lot of fun stuff too. How's that journey on social media and how friendly is it as opposed to some of the, because in entertainment, like I come from the entertainment world, right? Yeah. And it, it can get pretty nasty sometimes, but on the chicken side of things, when I'm posting farming, it seems to be a lot more like conducive to friendships. Yeah, yeah, you know it's it's crazy. I mean, even even this man, like uh, invitations to come on to your show, a lot of those type opportunities probably wouldn't happen if I just you know kept it to myself. And I wanted to share my journey because I knew other people were interested in it. And uh, I've met I've, I met the Black Cowboy through that. Um, uh, Maurice Terrio. I found him because he was posting. Wow. So, so people who are now very much a part of my network and my community and helping me with my, my, my farm uh, are people that I've met on social media. And so likewise, when I post, I mean, you got to always get somebody who, who tells you that's not how you do it. <laughs> I mean, you're doing it all wrong and, and, and stuff like that. But for the most part, I find that people are really intrigued. And for those who do know something about it, they're always willing to lend a hand and try to help you out through that process. And uh, so it's been it's been a welcome. I got a, I got a community, man. I could go go everywhere from the East Coast to the West Coast. I've met people on social media that are that are that are um, basically producing videos like us, and so they're creators, and um, and, and, I, and they, they built up that part of that community, man. And that's important to me because I learn a lot from your videos, I learn a lot from their videos, and it inspired me to do things or not do things. It helped me sometimes. People do something, they say, "Hey, I made this mistake," and you don't have to tell me twice. If you hit a pole, I'm getting <laughs> yeah. over into the other lane. You know what I mean? Absolute facts right there. When you first pulled up to that property after you signed that dotted line, and you, like you said, you before you cut through that dirt road, thinking back on that, and then looking at it right now, and then having, I saw the video where, you, where your pops, your dad came out, and he was feeding the chickens and stuff like that. When you look at stuff like that, how does how does that make you feel? Like what's coming over your mind when you see that type of growth? Wow, wow, yeah, man. You know, the very first thing that hit me was on, on my mother's side. Um, my great grandmother, my great grandfather, who I lived in the house with them. Now they they owned a two story house in Chicago, and whenever the family would fall, fall on hard times, they they could always come back there get their footing, uh, and then then move on. And so that happened um, with my mom. One time we had to move back there, and. And basically, so I got a chance to really be a part of their life. They're from Paris, Texas. And my my grandmother, her father, Pink Ellis, was a sharecropper in Texas. And so, uh, and then um, my, my, my great-grandfather, her husband, Frank Sanders, 
he was a twin, Frank and Jesse, named James, uh, you know, Frank and Jesse James. Yeah, yeah, he he was, I mean, to look at him, you would have you thought that he was, you know, Latino or Italian or something like that. But he was run out of their, their town in Paris, Texas, because of some issues that he had with fellas. Because back then, if you were not black, you were, and you were mixed free, they considered you mulatto. I mean, if you were not white, yeah. if anything was black, they considered you to be mulatto, you were, you were a black person, right? So uh, they literally, the guy that he was working with and for, told him, hey, Frank, here's your pay. Get out of Dodge, because the boys are coming to rally up to get you tonight. And so he hoboed up to Chicago to reconnect with my grandmother. So when I pulled onto that land, I remember the, the feeling when I first pulled onto the land. And um, and and I, especially when I had I had a fence where I could close myself in, so I had yeah. the gate. I, I closed the gate behind myself, and I, I went in there and I said, "Man, this is my land." You know what I mean? Man. Yeah, this is my land. It, it, it was a sense of pride. I thought about what I the struggle of our people, and I said, "Man, it, you, there was a time when we couldn't do this." You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, in some counties you just really couldn't, and so. Uh, and it was just a sense of pride, man. And and I still, man, I, I'm I'm very grateful. I look around. I'm happy at the things that I accomplished. There's not a whole lot of big projects that I have to do now. Now it's just kind of learning and refining things. And so, uh, but man, it, it it was just such a, a sense of pride that I had when I was able to 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 be there. And now family comes to visit me and spend time with me out there, man. And and I'm just excited to show everybody. I know they're proud because of the history. You say your great grandfather. Not too far removed, family member got ran out of town, and you get to come back and buy thirty acres. You got your own animals, you got your your property, your houses on there. Yeah. All labradoodles aside, man, you living a life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, it is, man. It's a rich blessing, man. And and mm-hmm. uh, you know, not everybody has to have thirty acres, man. I mean, really, yeah. you could do a lot with an acre, with two acres, with five, yeah. just depending on what you want to do. You could do a lot with a little, man. Mm-hmm. And I encourage people, if that's a dream of theirs, man, they should definitely do it. But if you want the 40 acres in the mule, then go ahead and get your 40 acres in the mule. <laughs> you got 30 acres and three that's mules. Right. Why right. not? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, I, I truly appreciate you coming on, man. Before we get up out of here, I got a couple more questions. Uh, one, give us some some of that. A lot of people we talk to, they say, man, the mental health benefits of having these animals have been amazing. Is you find that to be true? Man, absolutely. Uh, and I'm sure you, you do this. Sometimes, man, sometimes I'm out there and I'm doing chores and I'm just kind of I'm still carrying that city busy missing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, it's moments, I'll give you, give you a case in point. One time I said, man, I'm just going to bring my chair in and sit in the chicken coop and just watch the chickens. Mm-hmm. And uh, and man, it's just like a, a piece that comes over you, man. You watching them, man, and you see their little personalities coming mm-hmm. out. Sometimes I'll go down. I, I I got I got a big pond and I have some fish in there. I'll take I'll go out there, especially at evening time when the sun is going down. It's, things are cooling off, and I'm throwing fish. I mean, the food to the fish, and they're coming up, man. Those are probably some of the most peaceful moments that I've had. You know what I mean? Just sitting and just being quiet and just 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 observing the animals and watching the animals do what they do. 
I love that we got a, a bench inside this duck coop. I call it Tiny's Duck Duckingham Palace. I had I had I didn't want nothing to do with these ducks, but I love them now. And man, we could just sit enough for for hours, man. And it's like you said, you bring that city mentality. You from Chicago? Everybody I know from Chicago is super dope. You know, I'm from Jersey. Everything was go fast, hurry up and go, hurry up and wait. You know what I'm saying? You do what you gotta do. Now I get out there, I try to do my work. But then when I'm looking, I could find myself just watching these animals for hours, just like you saying. And it's just it's just so peaceful. Yeah, it is, man. And so, uh, and, and and you know, it's same thing. People, a lot of people who garden, they do it for their mental health, man. Mm-hmm. So you mess putting your hands in the soil. You know what I mean? Doing those types of things. Um, it's, it's it's just a lot of satisfaction and and projects. When you complete a project, like I saw yeah. you you recently did fencing, man, that is a sense of pride when you're able to look and say, man, look what I just did. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, man, a lot of pride that comes with that. And so sometimes, you know, you might be at work and you might not be able to finish projects so easily. Mm-hmm. But, uh, being able to do that on your own property, whether it's your backyard or your, your few acres or whatever that is, man, it's just a, it's just a, it's a sense of accomplishment when you're able to look around and say, look what my hands have done. Absolutely. I love that, man. On that note, we about to end this thing on out, but I want to ask you two questions. What's one thing that you have borrowed lately? You seen somebody else doing, you like, I need to try that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you mentioned one of them was uh, the the burying the wire under the ground. I That, mm-hmm. that was one idea. I also saw um, one of your feeders for the chickens. Now, I'm still trying to train my chickens how to do it because <laughs> they usually eat out of these open containers. Uh-huh. And so, uh, um, I, I, I got me a bucket and I you have some that are pre-made, but I got me mm-hmm. a bucket and got a little thing where they put their head in there. And I said, so I, I borrowed, uh, that's another thing that I borrowed the idea from, man. So I'm always looking okay. for ways that I can preserve foods, ways that, that I preserve my flock or something like that. And, and, uh, and, and, and I'm always looking around trying to learn from others. I love those bucket feeders, man. They they take a lot, a little bit of time off the morning routine. Only thing you got to watch out for is some pesky rodents, man. Rodents will get in there, but you got your ground wire. You should be good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's been another excellent adventure, man. I appreciate you, Demond, for coming on. Uh, Wolf Lake Farms, man. Tell everybody where to find you at on social media. Yeah, you can find me on uh, I'm on uh, YouTube as well as TikTok and Instagram, Wolf Lake Farm, all together. Absolutely. And I'm going to send you some money for one of them T-shirts. I got to represent. I want to wear me a Wolf Lake Farm oh, shirt. Oh, man, I, I'll get it to you, brother. <laughs> so we can do a church swap. i get you a Blackyard Chicken shirt. We're going to do a church swap. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. This has been another excellent adventure. We appreciate you coming on, man. Best of luck to your ranch and your family. All right. Peace, brother. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Excellent Adventures powered by Blackyard Chickens. Now, if you think you want to raise your own backyard flock, here's a site for you, blackyardchickens.com. We make entertaining videos about raising baby chicks from scratch. You know what I mean by from scratch, right? Or maybe you want to learn how to take care of your own big chickens or hens and get those fresh eggs. Building a coop or buying a coop, having the necessary things inside that coop to get great egg production. You'll learn a lot of the neat tricks I've picked up along the way from other chicken enthusiasts. And you can get pretty eggs just like those. So follow us on social media and check us out on our YouTube channel.